Probably the great passion of my life is how do people change? Do they really change? Can they really change? And I think that's what this book is about. People really can change. Welcome to the Renovare Podcast, a place for honest conversations about interactive life with God. I'm Nathan Foster, and my guest today is Chair of Dallas Willard Ministries. She teaches in their School of Kingdom Living. She's written a number of wonderful books, including Renovation of the Heart in Daily Practice with Dallas Willard, Jan Johnson. It's been 20 years since the publication of Dallas Willard's Renovation of the Heart. The good folks at NavPress are doing wonderful job of giving the book a fresh rollout in a 20th anniversary edition. To help celebrate this classic book, happens to be our next selection in the Renovare Book Club. I thought it might be helpful to bring back on the podcast, Jan Johnson. I spoke with Jan from her home in California. Do you know how many podcasts we've done? You'll never guess. Is this our fourth one? We've done seven. Oh my. There's more. Two where they were group. So I'm a repeat offender. You are. I mean, that's now we're going back years, right? There's almost 300 of these things. But yes, thank you. How many years have you been doing this? I don't know. I think it's, I was going to look it up. It's over five, maybe. I don't know. Long enough to where I don't like listening to the early ones. But. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. Any rate, thank you for being back. I'm glad to be here. And we get to talk about Renovation of the Heart. Oh, yes. My fave. 20 years. 20 years. Okay. What do you love about this book? I love that it gives you a picture of what it looks like to live in the vision of the kingdom of God. I love this phrase that Dallas uses, to routinely and easily walk in the goodness and power of Jesus, our master. And he does make it routine and easy because there's a way, he gives you ways to work it through all the dimensions. And then the last chapter on the children of light, you get done reading that and you go, well, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's what I want. Yeah. It does have that kind of, I don't know if alluring is the right word, but you, you go, yeah, I'm in that. Why wouldn't I be right? This just really sounds good. Yeah. What was your relationship with Dallas when he was writing the book? Do you remember when he was writing it? Yes. It came out in 2002 and we were beginning our advisory committee where we met with him a few times a year to help him decide about his speaking engagements. Oh, that was a train wreck, wasn't it? (laughs) Sometimes he listened to us and I would always slow him down because he would want to go into it and let's get this done. And I go, no, no, let's, in the past six months, what have been the kind of speaking engagements that you thought were most worthwhile? So then he thinks, so that was kind of fun. And um, so we were having a great, in one of the early editions of the book, he thanked our group. Meaning it's not in the later. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't in the very, very first Oh, got it, got it. The one that I had, and then someone had to tell me that it was in like the next printing. 
That was oh, it. It yeah. was in the second printing. So, you know, I had to go find it, cut it out, paste it in <laughs> mine. Yes. What do you remember about like his process or thinking or what, what was going on for him when he was writing the book? Well, he was always thinking carefully about the dimensions of the person. And he was, he told me once that it's not a good idea to say parts, it's dimensions because there's overlap. And he said, there's no way you can separate them except chapters in a book. And I think that's really important to get the overlay because people will sometimes they act like the six dimensions are zodiac signs or something, you know, well, is this that or that, you know, and it's, well, it's a thought that rolled into a feeling and, and then your body knew about it. So there we are. And so did everybody around you. So that's the social context. So um, he really saw how they were all connected. And so I think dimension is a really good word for that. This is the book I recommend people start with in terms of Dallas. Is it for you or no? I think it's easier for people because they understand the the prelude talking about um, the evil in the ruined soul and then what the soul, the restored soul, and then the six dimensions. They kind of feel like they can wrap their arms around it. Right. It's very accessible. Would that be mm -hmm. a way to... What do you notice in people who've worked with the book in your teaching? How do you see people receive it? Well, I think that it gets read too quickly. And you really need to process, especially each dimension. So when I ask people, especially about the body chapter, and did I'll say, did, did you do the exercise for releasing the body? Or in fact, I've learned not to say that. I go, I hope you did the ex because that exercise is really powerful. And it led me to um, even do a, a different exercise. He has you surrender each part of your body. And so I decided to <laughs> stand up in front of a mirror and shut my eyes. And in fact, we just did this in the School of Kingdom Living. I had them do this, shut my eyes, get a certain thought and feeling about someone and open my eyes. And I was, I could not believe sometimes the look of contempt on my face and I didn't even know it. Or like the look of, I have them do, if you're welcoming someone, the look that, what does welcoming look like on my face? How is it that I express myself? And it really made me think a lot about not managing my face, but what's pouring out from the inside of me and making sure my face matches what's really inside of me. And it made me think a lot about what to do with shoulders and eyebrows, because there's so much that happens through that. We talk about how the body never lies. Well, you know, everybody around you knows. They can tell by little nuances on your face. So I think that chapter is so important because it plays, it helps the, the feelings and the thoughts chapter play out. If I want to be a blessing to people, I need to have an embodied spirituality where my body is, as he says in that chapter, a showplace for God's greatness. <laughs> Do you see people receive that well? I think they think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> So you have to do some of the work that he does in that chapter that, you know, the body isn't bad and all that kind of stuff and that the body is really neutral 
And, um, but I, I just really like that idea of our body can be a showplace of God's greatness. It can be a place where I, you know that you are loved by me, by just the look on my face, the way I hold my hands, the tilt of the head. And it's really a, a good way to love your neighbor. Yeah. So we're using this book in the book club. And mm -hmm. in terms of people reading it, I mean, I think the first thing I'm hearing is go slow, right? Yes. What are other things that would be helpful for people as they approach this book? It's a good idea to start noticing from the get-go how important replacement is. Dallas isn't telling you don't think these things, don't feel these things, don't he, he is always talking about replacement. And I really like that because it gives you somewhere to go with what's not working. I don't have to think about, oh, I did that again. Instead, I can think about, oh, no, I know where to go instead. And he uses the word replacement and replacing throughout. But it seems to me that people don't always pick that up. And especially in the feelings chapter where he talks about um, the underlying conditions. So how might I replace what's going on in my head, my thoughts, and my feelings with underlying conditions of, of love and joy and peace and faith and hope? You need somewhere to go with all this stuff rather than the typical thing of, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have, you know, the self-shaming that goes on. But where am I headed? What are my invitations for today? That's a spin. Significant, right? A nice nuance mm -hmm. of rather than don't, it's a do, right? Replace right. and let then the don't naturally work itself. There's something really special about that. You're not stewing in your mistakes. Uh -huh. And maybe this is just part of me being a typical American and being solution oriented. But it really helps me a lot. What is this book meant to you personally? Probably the great passion of my life is how do people change? Do they really change? Can they really change? And I think that's what this book is about. People really can change. And it's a process and you need to pay attention to all the dimensions. And if you don't pay attention, when, when he talks about the ruined soul, that's where you're going to go if you just biff along, you know, and drift and don't have that intentionality that's mentioned in vision, intention, and means. It carries real hope. In Divine Conspiracy, I just got so much hope of the kingdom. It moved me from cynicism to hope. And then renovation comes along and says, okay, this is how it works. <laughs> Tell me about the practices book. It was great fun to write because I picked about 61 selections from Renovation of the Heart. So that was fun to pick what I thought were the best. And then, then there's the little white flag. And then I take a paragraph or two to sometimes what I did is say, okay, this is what he's not saying, okay? <laughs> so don't get all upset about this or that. A lot of times what I did is, is try to say what he said in a more street-level way or take it to the next level. And then where it says today's experiment, then I gave you um, 
something to do with what he said. So, and I tried um, to make it actually something to do. Like, well, for example, with the releasing the body, I make it much more detailed on how to go through that and do that. In the one about thoughts and the importance of good thinking, I have here uh, for five to 10 minutes, read something that stretches you or differs from what you normally think. Um, and it can be scripture. I have like read an opinion that d- doesn't agree. And then to, then I give them some ideas on how to really pause afterward and consider the reading. Put it before God. Is there something here I need to know? Is there something that makes a difference? Is there a nuance that I've missed? Because that's the kind of thing Dallas did all the time. So I tried to bring in something that would be very practical to help them live out what he was talking about. How did these two work in conjunction, the Practices book and Renovation of the Heart? If you just read the book and didn't process it, it would be really helpful in helping you slow down and process it. Nav Press thought of it as a retreat book, and it would be something you would take on a retreat because there's things for you to do and things for you to journal about and all of that kind of thing. A lot of people use it in a a class at church or a book club because it'll really suggest to you things to do in your life that will be very different. Have you done the practices? Oh, yeah. I mean, where do you think I found these? I mean, you know, I would, <laughs> the subtitle, Goofy Things That Jan Does. <laughs> well, here's why I ask is, I mean, this is just a personal pet peeve of mine. I will sometimes read where there's questions at the end of a chapter or practices. And I'm I'm thinking, I don't think the person who wrote this did it. I mean, it just doesn't have a, I could be totally wrong, but there's a kind of, I didn't get that in reading yours. It felt lived to me. And it's important to do that because then you can say, and if this happens, <laughs> or right. you, this know, you don't know what you, you don't know until you get in it. Right. Right. Yeah. Or be careful not to turn this into a shaming thing, you know, kind of thing. But just really putting these things into practice is just enormous fun. And it, frankly, is easier with this book than probably many of his others. Yeah, probably. And so it's it's a good idea to do it. You know, people like me, and, and you're probably like this, Nate, we just, you know, we just devour books. Well, you really need to pause and read, reflect, ask Jesus what you need to know, because Dallas's books just offer you a lot to think about and to put into practice. I will sometimes frame it as that it's... Uh particularly old books, it's disrespectful. (laughs) Like, honor this person and what they have to say when you skim it or just, you know, you're not honoring that person and and their ideas. I don't know. That's fascinating. No, I think, yeah, because like in my book, When the Soul Listens, I'll often say, did you do any of the practices at the end of the chapter? You know, <laughs> and I'm I'm eager to hear how it yeah. went. Uh-huh. You know, but gee, then people get and then sometimes they do. You got to conquer the book, and I'm going to blame education because they you get this you know ungodly amount of reading to do. And when I was teaching, I I flipped the switch. I'm like, I don't I I made uh, time. So here's the books spend X amount of hours on it. I don't care if you read the same chapter 10 times, but like learn what you're going to learn, right? Live into it. Wow. That's something. 
Oh, you like that? To tell them to spend the time and then you had to read the part that you need to read. Because when I would read Renovation and I would reread it, I would get as far as the feelings chapter and boom. <laughs> we're done. Okay. Uh, not done, but we're going to have to camp out here like quite a while. <laughs> Some folks hated it because it, um, you know, they want to achieve, they want to, you know, conquer kind of, but folks who weren't necessarily readers loved it because it was, there wasn't this pressure to, they could just linger, which I liked. You were actually encouraging them to do Lexio on it because the opposite of Lexio in scripture is just to read to get to the bottom of the page. And you right. use that word conquer. Yeah. We don't want to yeah. conquer the text. We really want to interact with it and see what God may be inviting me into today. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just personally, I have books I've been reading for multiple years. I just kind of dip in, dip out, you know, and just... I don't care if I finish it or not. I'm just, it frees me from having to cover to cover and, you know. But anyway, I, Renovation of the Heart's one of those books to me. That's, well, all of Dallas's, they're slow reads. You miss so much if you plow through it. And this discussion is very useful to your book club folks. We do a book club style reading in School of Kingdom Living, and we have one group that only does head stuff. You know, they're covering the chapter. They're doing all that. Mm -hmm, okay. And their instructions when they read it are to say, what stood out to you? And what are your, what is your invitation from God today? And so I can imagine the book club readers um, doing that. That would make a whole lot of difference rather than just inhaling facts with the idea of conquering it or covering it. So go for it, book club folks. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. What was Dallas's thoughts on the practice book? Oh, that's funny. You should ask me that because I have his response written on the wall taped in front of me. Do you really? Right there. Yes. <laughs> I love I it. Do. <laughs> Jane called me and she said, he started singing the song from My Fair Lady. By Jove, she's got it. She's got it. She's got it. By Jove, she's got it. And Why I do I have like, a really, really hard time picturing him dancing around singing that? So, yeah, I don't know. That's You don't. You had the image. Perfect. My Fair Lady. Yes. Oh, gee. It was just, and of course, it meant a lot to me. Hence, I have it written on, you know, typed out and, and taped to my wall. Because that's what I was hoping. Yeah, that's good. Hey, could you talk a little bit about School of Kingdom Living? I am the chair of Dallas Willard Ministries. We are just hoping to get the ideas about the kingdom out there to average folks out there in churches. And we know there's a lot of people who read Dallas's books and they're sitting there and they can't find anyone else <laughs> who's reading it. And they feel very alone. And so we started an 18-month certificate program that is where we read all of Dallas's books and we read them book club style. And everything that we do is, is focused on those ideas of the kingdom, of hearing God, of transformation, of what does kingdom culture look like different from our current culture today. So it has some things that are similar to the Renovari Institute, which is a very cool program. 
but it is different because it's totally based on Dallas's books. But both programs are just wonderful. Uh, but we're having a great time. We just finished our, we're we're rounding the corner to finish our first cohort. And, and next week we have our second cohort starting. And so we'll be spending the whole week on the idea of hearing God, putting that into practice. Uh, when we gather, we'll be doing exercises that help people hear God. And then there's monthly practices for them to consider that go with the books and of course, there, there's spiritual direction, and we have a very tight team, and it's it's um, it, it's it's really a dream come true. Yeah, I can't think of a program more fitting for you. Really, and you're having fun. You're enjoying. Yes, it. the instructors are Keith Matthews and and me, and Keith assisted in Dallas's class, spirituality and ministry, and he had me come in and do some things there too. So that's why the focus, we're able to focus as we are. In fact, it skews much more closely to the fuller class than it does to anything else. What are you finding life in these days? Really good conversations, which of course is your business, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do with a podcast, a conversation where We can look at ideas and explore, and I can listen to someone else and know that I might be surprised that they will be, I need to listen carefully because there may even be an invitation that God wants to issue in that that conversation, even if it's my seven-year-old granddaughter, but to enjoy people who are really willing to slow down and have that kind of thoughtful conversation. I think it's becoming more and more clear to me that everybody on this planet desperately wants to be seen and heard. They want to know and be known. And I hope to do that for the rest of my life. You said it a couple times in our conversation about being a blessing to others. Could you say a little more about that? Well, I'm in a space where I live alone and work alone, and we're coming out of the pandemic, so there's a lot of alone. So one of the things I do every morning is I do ask God to help me be a blessing to someone today. And it might be the Amazon delivery man, but maybe not. Um, but through an email or through a conversation or a text where I tell my webmaster, I can't believe how much you do for me. And thank you so much. I, you know, wow, you've been such a blessing to me. And, you know, that really changes your attitude because then you aren't evaluating people constantly. You also aren't griping as much as some of us can be prone to do. And um, so it just really helps me. Where'd you get the idea for that practice? I don't know. I probably stole it from somewhere, whatever. <laughs> but you know, the blessed to be a blessing is, well, that's what God told Abraham. So yeah. it just changes how I move through the day. You know, the person in Home Depot, I hope to be a blessing to that person somehow. I don't know. Yeah. How's that fit with kingdom living? Oh, wow. Because I live in the kingdom, I that's that routinely and easily walking in the goodness and power of God. And so just loving my neighbor 
and you know, your neighbor is the person now you, so whoever is standing in front of me or whoever's email is standing in front of me or text is standing in front of me or customer service call is, (laughs) is on my phone, but to seek to be a blessing to this, this person who may be in the middle of their job probably, but I want God to kind of take whatever it is I say and spin it for their blessing and benefit. Jan, it's always so good to talk with you. And you, my dear. And that was Jan Johnson. If you haven't read Jan's work, do. A couple of titles of note, Abundance, Simplicity, Meeting God in Scripture, and When the Soul Listens. Oh, and of course, Renovation of the Heart in Daily Practice. You can find out more about Jan and her work, as well as sign up for her newsletter at janjohnson.org. And you can find out more about Dallas Willard Ministries and their School of Kingdom Living at dwillard.org. I've had the opportunity to interview Jan a number of times through the years. I always enjoy talking with her. A couple of the episodes were number 49 on meeting God in Scripture, number 134 on abundant simplicity, and episode number 150, being glad with God. I'm Nathan Foster, and you've been listening to the Renovare Podcast. I'm grateful for all of you who helped make this work possible. You can support Renovare in this podcast with a tax-deductible gift at renovare.org donate. Renovare is a Christian ecumenical renewal effort offering resources and experiences to help people become more like Jesus. You can find a collection of thoughtfully curated articles, podcasts, webinars, online classes, as well as information on events in our institute. Visit our website, renovare.org. And if you find this work helpful, I encourage you to leave us a review. This podcast is produced by Brian Morricon, who also wrote the opening song titled Be Kind. And until next time, be well and do have fun.